Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by Texas Family Fitness. Wow, that's all I gotta say. Wow, I am your host, Will Skywalker. Still, boom, and that's exactly what this weekend of football was—just a big boom. This is why I love football. This is why I love the NFL. This is why I decided to do what I do. I mean, I get it, Cowboys Nation. We're upset. Right, whatever. We'll get to that. But as a football fan, that may have been the best divisional round I've ever seen in my life. Unbelievable. Uh, today, we're going to talk about some of those games, go into detail. We'll also get at what those games showed us. I'm going to tell you why Saturday and Sunday were completely different and how they can kind of give a glimpse of a way to win, different ways to win in the NFL. Uh, we'll also get into the roundup and uh, revisit what I call the new Earl Thomas of coaches when it comes to the Cowboys and whatnot. And is is Jerry really mad? I mean, I don't like your attitude. Are you really mad, Jerry? So we'll talk about that because he he said a lot. He had a lot to say on Friday after the show that we did. I didn't get a chance to talk about it, obviously, because the weekend came and went. Uh, but here we are, so we will revisit that. Uh, we'll also open the line. I want to hear from you guys in regards to some of the things Jerry said in regards to the divisional round because I kind of put off the series because I wanted to talk about this past weekend. I thought it showed a lot, man, a lot that you could talk about. Uh, three five one nine 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 three seven. Eight seven is the line. Three five one nine 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 three seven eight seven is the line. We'll get into the phone lines after the roundup, um, and then I have a question for you guys, centered around a certain player that Jerry was talking about. So, wow, man, just just wow, and, and we'll we'll dive into the details of the games this past weekend in the roundup and coming out of the roundup. But I thought personally that. Those games showed you a multitude of ways of how to win in this NFL, uh, of ways you can win, I should say, in this in the NFL. And I can't wait to really to dive into it. But just as a football fan, was that yes or no question real quick? Was that the best round of football you've seen in the 2000s? I know, I know we're talking about going all the way back to, you know, 21 plus years, 22 years almost. But but for me, at least, I, I don't recall another round. Every single last game, all four of them came down to, in regulation, to a field goal. All four of them came down to a field goal. All four of them came down to, to making clutch stops or clutch plays. Uh, all four of them came down to being disciplined. All four of them came down to... One coach making good call, another coach not making good call. It was it was exciting, man. That was the best for me. So, I mean, I don't I don't know. I can't think of any other round of football that was that exciting and that thrilling from start to finish. Uh, you guys says uh, B Bird says emphatically yes. And see, B Bird been around, so I know B, if, if B Bird saying that, then I know I'm not crazy. But that that is without a doubt the best round of football. Sadika, what's going on? Says yes. Uh, go boys says best divisional games I saw this weekend. It was awesome. Yeah. I was sitting in, in, in here, you know, freaking out as if it was the Cowboys, not because, you know, I was rooting for one team or the other, just pure fandom of the game. You get reminded when you remove yourself 
and I try to tell Cowboys fans to do this a lot, remove yourself from Dallas and go watch these other games. You'll be fascinated by what you see, uh, both good and bad. And I thought this weekend was was a perfect opportunity for Cowboy fans to sit back, take a look at a lot of things. I'm talking about ridiculous level of quarterback play. I'm talking about coaching. I'm talking about defensively. I'm talking about management. I'm talking about everything. Just step back and look around the league, and you'll see that there are many ways to skin a cat. But God dang it, I don't think Dallas has even found the damn cat yet. And that's unfortunate. It, it really is unfortunate. But um, ah, that Bills and, and Chiefs game, I feel bad because I didn't want it to end. I, I thought both teams deserved deserve to win. Josh Allen, I think, took the next step to being, I mean, I thought we saw the two best quarterbacks in the league yesterday. I did. And we'll talk about that uh, in the roundup and coming out of it. But y'all know I have a line here. Patrick Mahomes is an alien. Well, there's two aliens. Josh Allen is an alien. Patrick Mahomes is an alien. That was a battle. That was an alien warfare, essentially. And it was beautiful to see. All right, man, let me get some shout-outs real quick before we jump into the roundup. Jacob, Samuel, Marcelo B, Nisi, Jose, Fresh, Fade, The Real, Darrell, Go Boy, Sadiqa. Come on, let me come up. There we go. Uh, Killing to be Dylan. Michael, Mike Harris, S. Day, Ben... We just call you EB. What's up, EB? Sully, TC915, Marcus Hardison in the building, Adrian, uh, G Money, Alpha Mason, uh, what else we got? My guy Mel Hayes in the building, Edmund, uh, James Ferguson, Brandon C, Say Fuller. Uh, what else we got in here? Stevie Mac, the my guy, Lord Nova. What's up, Lord Nova? Carlton Knows, uh, Captain America, uh, Matt Goddix. What's up, Matt? Over here on Facebook, Joel's in the building. Uh, Dennis Choop, Chuck P. Sunshine. We got sunshine in the building. Joel, I already said Joel, they're not. Peter Rizzo, Angeline, CJ Richards, I saw come up in here. He said he's late too. I know. We both late, huh? Uh, Mo Z. Who else we got over? Howard Crawford Jr., Michael B. Uh, and the many more coming through. Appreciate you guys waking up with me to talk some football and then obviously talk some Cowboys football. Obviously, be burning the building, Spiffy AC. And many, many more that will be through. I think we got enough up in here now uh, where we can hit the, the roundup and get this show started. All right, let's do it. Welcome to my Gucci, it's about that time. It's time! It's time! It's time! Time. It's time. time. It's time. For the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. This is the Morning Roundup presented by Texas Family Fitness. And let me fix this and then we'll get to it. There we go. Strive for progress, not perfection. Fitness goals are not accomplished with one workout. Progress towards your goal with Texas Family Fitness, a solution for your fitness goals. Whether it be weight loss, strengthening up, toning up, sports or stress relief, our friends over at Texas Family Fitness have everything you need from state-of-the-art equipment, group classes, and experienced professional certified trainers. So hit up TexasFamilyFitness.com or visit any of the nine locations in the DFW area. First up, real quick, um, again, we're going to go through this roundup, but we're also going to revisit 
these topics coming out of the roundup. Jerry Jones expressed his frustrations on 105 through the fan. If y'all can see me right now, I'm using air quotations. <laughs> because how frustrated are you really, Jerry? Are you frustrated enough to make some real moves? Or is just is this just to kind of give us some fodder, right? These are some of the things he talked about. He says he's non-committal. Well, he didn't say this, but he came off very non-committal on the coaching staff, uh, which was a drastic different opinion from Stephen Jones. Stephen Jones said he's very confident, Jerry, did, uh, very confident and absolutely about Mike McCarthy. Jerry didn't sound so confident, but he also didn't say he would get rid of him. It, it, to me, it feels like there's a difference of opinion between son and pops in regards to the coach. And again, I said this alone for a long, long time. Stephen Jones has a big stick in this organization and you know if he can sway Jerry for something he will I know Jerry says I make the final decisions and things like that but it was to me he frustrated with Mike and Steven's like ah relax 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 we got next year so again man things start at the top and if you got dissension at the top it'll trickle down this is what Jerry had to say. One of the things I'm not trying to be in any way. Uh, I'm not trying to be any way. It's just not in our best interest to talk about where we are with members of this staff right now. We've got 29 coaches. I've got a lot to think about regarding these coaches. Uh, Steven said, absolutely. Very confident. He's saying, uh, I got a lot to think about. Listen, I get it. J- Jerry's legitimately upset and mad because we didn't win, right? The Cowboys didn't win, but is he really upset to the point of making changes, that that's to me is some is another story. I, I believe it when I see it, Jerry. I believe it when I see it. I do know one thing he was pissed about, and this is this is why I think there are certain aspects of what he was saying is real, and, and one of them is the penalty stuff. I think he was real upset that we didn't fix that during the season, as opposed to what McCarthy is talking about. Ah, this is, we got to get into <laughs> we got to get into the off season and fix this and fix that. Jerry said, I don't like this. Well, we got to work on this in the offseason. We got to work on this. I don't go for that. <laughs> I've been trying to push that. I want those things recognized and addressed after we play Tampa in the first game or after we play the sixth game. I don't like your attitude. Jerry, Jerry pissed for real. I think he pissed at McCarthy. I do. Problem is, I think he's so pissed at McCarthy God dang it, he going to ignore his offensive coordinator and what he think he is. Oh, well. Then let's get to the new Earl Thomas. The reason why I call this Sean Payton thing the new Earl Thomas is because every time the offseason comes up, every time there's a questions with the coaching staff or what have you, Sean Payton's name gets brought up. And I totally understand. I get it. You know, Payton coached here. Uh, and all that. Uh, but this is what is setting fuel to the fire. First, Jerry not being super committal to Mike McCarthy. And then the reports and the rumors coming out that Sean Payton hasn't been that committed to the Saints so far. So take a listen to Ian Rappaport talking about one Sean Payton. Thanks, Kim. It has been two weeks since the New Orleans Saints season ended 
And there's still some intrigue. I am told that Sean Payton has not yet committed to returning for the 2022 season. He has essentially gone dark, and the members of the New York New Orleans Saints organization simply don't know what he is going to do. He's been on vacation, and even some of the people closest to him are not sure if he is going to return. A couple options for Sean Payton. Could walk away for a year, a little mini-retirement to recharge after what has been a difficult season. He could do television just like us. He's been approached by a couple different networks, or simply he could return to the Saints business as usual and coach. If he walked away, Rich, he'd be giving up more than $45 million over Thanks, Kim. It has been two weeks since the new So if you if you peeped in that, I don't feel like this is about Sean Payton and wanting to be in Dallas and things like that. Listen, we understand there's there's some love between the two uh parties, Jerry and, and the Joneses and Sean and with Jerry. There's some love between the two, but if you listen to that, this seems to be more like Sean is either A wanting to retire or B getting to the booth things like that, take a break as opposed to coming to deal with Dallas. And we talked about this last week. Listen, I could be dead wrong, but why would Sean give up total control to come to Dallas where he won't have that? Regardless if Jerry says, I'm going to take a step back, we know he's really not going to take a step back. He's going to be in those meeting rooms, putting salt and pepper and sugar and whatever the hell he puts on his McGriddles, you know, all while they're trying to do football stuff. So, I, you know, I just don't see it. I believe it when I do see it. This is this is Earl Thomas all over again. Every single offseason, Earl Thomas gets brought up because Dallas needs a safety, and Earl Thomas is available. Said he wanted to come to Dallas and things like that. Uh, but again, you know, it's a two way street. We all as fans may want Sean, but does Sean really want to come to Dallas? I have a hard time believing that at this moment. Maybe in a few years, maybe Sean steps away like Bill Parcells did. You know, gets in a booth for a few years. McCarthy's gone. Jerry's on his last leg, and he says, "Let's bring in a guy like a Bill Parcells," and, and you know, things happen. But I believe it when I see it, man. I'll end it with this. I did some digging, and I was told flat out, man, just flat out, Sean Payton's not coming here. That's what I was told. And then finally, the the divisional round wrap up. I, I want to kind of talk about this divisional round because I thought it was it was amazing. It was phenomenal. I thought. There was a tale of two weekends. Not weekends. Tale of two days. Tale of two rounds, per se. First round being Saturday, I dubbed the complimentary football round. QBs weren't so great, right? Bengals beat the Titans 19-16. The Niners beat Green Bay Packers 13-10. Not a high-flying, you know scoring games or anything like that. It was more so the complimentary football aspect that won those games. And I, and I made this tweet. The divisional winners on Saturday, defensive special team. Cincinnati forced three turnovers, 16 points allowed. They went four for four from field goals, including the game-winning field goal, and they won 19-16. San Francisco, 10 points allowed, five sacks defensively, one block punt, one block, uh, I'm sorry, one block field goal, one block punt for a touchdown, two for two in field goals with the game-winning field goal. They won 13-10. Combined, the quarterbacks were zero touchdowns, two interceptions, 13 sacks taken. Complimentary football is king in the playoffs. I think Saturday was extremely evident of 
complimentary football winning the day per se. Let me find some real quick before I get back into this. Come on. Okay, it's up there. All right, complimentary football winning the day, in my opinion, was on was on Saturday. Uh, w- w- listen, I don't know how the Niners escaped that victory uh, <laughs> with that win, but if the Packers get off the punt, I think the game's over. But that goes to show you that you need all three levels of this of your team to be on at any given moment in the playoffs or you will not advance. And that even kind of came to fruition the next day, which we'll get to uh, yesterday's games. But I thought you saw special teams come up big, obviously, on Saturday. You saw defenses come up big, obviously, on Saturday. And you had some coaching decisions um, in regards to the Titans that a lot of their fans are were not uh, a fan of in, in regards to the, the way that outcome uh, happened. But then on Sunday, I thought that's where you saw some historic quarterback performances. And I wouldn't say Matt Stafford's performance was historic, but, I mean, he came through in the clutch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He came through at the end of the game. You had, obviously, the Tampa game and, and the Rams game, which if I had to put on rankings, I would I would put that as number two because it was a fun comeback. But if we ranked the games... Maybe two or three, but I thought that was behind the Buffalo-Kansas City game. They got out to a fast start, a, an, an extremely fast start, 27-3, and then they almost gave the gave the game away. Uh, you know, this, this game seemed to be about who wanted to give the game away the most, right? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers come out slow, turn the ball over a ton, but then they storm back because the Rams – turn the ball over, do silly things, and kind of got tight. That's one thing that makes me a little nervous about the Rams moving forward is that I kind of showed y'all got a little tight again. I'm about to play the team. Last time you got tight, they actually beat you guys. So um, will the Niners continue their streak against the Rams? They might. The Niners really might be in the, play, in the Super Bowl. This is crazy. Uh, but nonetheless, they fumble. Tom Brady, I feel like, is the luckiest human being in the freaking world. He gets an opportunity. They tie the ball game up, 49 seconds. Matt Stafford, two monster throws, boom, game-winning field goal. Uh, just an, an incredible game that I, I couldn't believe there was a comeback. Rams win 30-27. to 27. And it was one of those games where, really, these, these next two games, where they let the Stars be the Stars. Cooper Cup was targeted 11 times in that game, nine receptions, 183 yards, a touchdown, a big catch at the end. But again, we talked about coaching decisions. What was Todd Bowles doing on that last play, right? Like, why would you why would you blitz in that manner than single up Cooper Cup? I mean, I'm not singling up Cooper Cup, period. But I'm definitely not going to not give him help over the top. Uh, that cover zero blitz stuff, right? Try to get a little bit cute, right? And if you're going to do that, then you got to do it right now. Like you got to get there right now. You can't play around with the that blit, that type of blitz, and if you go look at the protection, it wasn't it wasn't bad at all. Matt Stafford got a chance to one, two, three, four, five, sit there, uh, and, or just and then get rid of it for the game winner. So Ty Bowles, you catch a L for that call, in my opinion. Um, but great play by Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup connecting at the end, <clears throat> at the end of that game. Just a bonkers game. I appreciate the donation. Tom Downey Burner account says Mike Brown adapted faster than Jerry. And he's talking about the uh, owner of the Bengals. Super chat. 
Yeah, Mike Brown sounds like he took a step back. He was kind of the Jerry Jones, the Al Davises, the things like that. He kind of, he took a step back and allowed that franchise to operate without him having to put his hands all over the place with it. Do we really believe Jerry would do that? I don't. I don't believe that that'll be the case. And then the second game, which, like I said, I dubbed the Battle of the Aliens. Just, just ridiculous quarterback play. Ridiculous quarterback play. I, I said this at the top of the show. I think you watched the top two quarterbacks in the NFL. I think you saw that. Mind you, I went through that whole Packers-Rams thing. It didn't even bring up Aaron Rodgers, whatever that's worth, right? <laughs> A-Rod, you know, I'm going to make the Niners pay for not drafting me. He's 0-4 in the playoffs against the 49ers. Can't beat him. I find that interesting. I find that very interesting. But, uh, you know, anyway, he said, and, and then the Packers staff said, yeah, yeah, we were we were game planning against the Niners. We weren't worried about Dallas. I'm, I mean, that's cool. Maybe you should have did more research and game planning, and maybe you're the one, but nonetheless. The Chiefs and the Bucks game. Just, I mean, again, the great one of the greatest games I've ever seen in my life. Maybe the second most, the second greatest game in the playoffs ever, which a lot of people have up there that comeback, that historic comeback. From the in the Houston Oilers Buffalo Bills game where they were down what y'all thirty one to three or something like that ridiculous game ridiculous comeback uh, Super Bowl game twenty eight three you know about that but this was this this is why I think this was better it wasn't about coming back down forty points it was a back and forth back and forth game of just two ridiculous quarterbacks saying screw everything we're gonna go win this game combined between the two seven touchdowns no interceptions. Over 700 yards, both led their teams in rushing. Uh, speaking of the Chiefs, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey had 24 targets, 19 receptions. You know, when it's time to win a game, you go to those guys. Andy Reid told Patrick Mahomes, when it's grim, be the Grim Reaper. You love to hear that from your head coach. When it's grim, be the grim reaper. And he went out there and he was the grim reaper. Now, let me say this real quick because I get it. Yeah, It's, it's easy. Cowboys are laughing stock in the league. It's real easy. It's real easy to get on Dallas. The, the, the new thing right now is the Cowboys had 14 seconds. To the, you know, and the Chiefs had 13. The Chiefs had timeouts. I mean, what are we doing here? What, what are we the Cowboys botched that without a doubt. I'm going to sit here and, and act like they didn't botch that last 14 seconds of that game. In my opinion, they did. People say it's a good call. I don't think it's a good call. If you want to get a quick 10 yards, Dalton Schultz was uncovered. Throw it, get down, spike. That, that's a different story. But they had timeouts, y'all. You, you could, If a team is playing as soft as the Bills were playing, you can you can run two plays with three timeouts. And that's... That would seem to be obvious, right? But I get it. You know, easy clicks, easy retweets, easy conversation. It, it's easy. When you're laughing stock of the league, hey, you put that on yourself to be to allow weird flexes like that to happen. Nonetheless, it happened. On the other side, though, I just shouted out Travis Kelsey, shout out the Chiefs and things like that. Let me mute this. I got callers coming in. I do want to shout out Gabriel Davis for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, what a coming out party for that man, right? What a coming out party. Eight receptions, over 200 yards, 
four freaking touchdowns. If you went to that game and told me that Stephon Diggs would not be the guy, Stephon would not have a hundred, he'd have less than 70 yards, no touchdowns, things like that. Like, man, it's going to be a tough game to win. Gabriel Davis went the hell off. And he put the Chiefs cornerbacks in a spin cycle multiple times. I mean, I know the Chiefs won, but if I'm coach, I'm like, I don't, I don't, don't put that on tape. I don't want to see that again. That was an embarrassing performance from them corners against Gabriel Davis, but a great performance by Davis and by uh, Josh Allen. Just, just an unbelievable, unbelievable day of football, unbelievable weekend of football. And one of the things that we've seen here, three of the four quarterbacks that are moving on are on massive deals, y'all. They're on massive deals. There was this thing where, oh, you can't pay the quarterback and you can't win. Three of the four quarterbacks that have advanced uh, this past, that are playing in the um, in, in the championship games are on huge deals. And for those that got on the Rams, by the way, it's my guy Law say, lean forward a little bit. I told y'all, I'm a fan of Les Snead. I'm a fan of how the Rams operate. I get that the 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 game can't you can't do that with every team. But the aggressive nature of what Les Snead and the Rams have done, it paid off yesterday. Von Miller had a clutch sack fumble to get the ball back. Hmm? Odell Beckham Jr. had some clutch catches in that game. Jalen Ramsey. Jalen freaking Rams. He got beat, though, at the end. You know, I give him that. He, he got beat. But those moves that the Rams made, hell, Matthew Stafford, right? Like, we all got on Matt Stafford. We knew the talent was there. It was just a matter of, hey, let's see if he can get it done in the playoffs. Well, what do you know? Put some good coaching around him. Put a good organization. He wins two playoff games in two totally different manners, too. So, my, man, my hat goes out to, or hat tip to, Les Knee and the Rams asked this question last week because there was people that were saying, oh, they're going to implode. All right. Would you rather be the Rams or would you rather be the Cowboys? I said this last year. I said this two years. I've been saying this for the last three to four years. I love my boys, but if we can flip the situations, I would totally love to be the Rams. They're coached well. They, they, they use their star players. They have a, an identity, right? They're not going to win the Super Bowl every year. They're not going to go to the NFC Championship game every year, but they've been there two out of the last four. They have an identity. Not just an identity on the field. They have an identity in their front office. One that works. Not a stubborn one in the sense of we won't adapt. Let's need is adapted. So, yeah, um, shout out to the Rams. We'll see if they can get by the 49ers. Going to be tough. The Niners got their number, but that's another organization that gets it, too. So, you know, all four of these teams in the final four, if you go look at their organizations, and it's funny saying this about Cincinnati, but Cincinnati, like my man said, Mike Brown stepped back. All four of their organizations get it. They get it. And I said this before about the offseason. Go watch how these franchises move forward to try to be better. Watch. 
You saw the Chiefs. You think the Chiefs were satisfied with going to the Super Bowl last year? No. They went out. Draft, they went out got some steals in the draft, by the way. Went out and signed certain players to be better. Went out at the trade deadline. Did you see what Melvin Ingram did yesterday, huh? Did you Do you think the Rams were okay with going to the playoffs and losing last year after making trades over that? No, they went out and made more trades. They went out and got better players. They went out and they were aggressive. This whole window crap to me, this is why I don't like to use the term window. It don't matter. The Bengals were trash last year. Rookie quarterback, things like that. The next year, they're in the AFC Championship game. Screw your window. Go try to win. For is heralded as Stephen Jones is with the cap. I'll give him all that. But he's not aggressive enough to want to win. And don't don't hold over, don't hold over uh, Mari Cooper to me because that was doomsday. He had no choice because they were so arrogant in this whole wide receiver by committee. Hell, even the the Niners. Granted, D Ford's not there, but they made a a a, a move to go get a D Ford. Hmm. Even when they were wrong, in a sense, they went up and tried to get their quarterback, which may pay off for them later on. But these boys is in they're in the NFC Championship game for the second time, and Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in the playoffs. I mean, if that doesn't tell you that complimentary football, that organizational football, everyone on the same page matters, then I don't know what does. Jimmy G is 4-1 and one in the playoffs. He has, I believe, zero touchdowns, maybe. I might be wrong. Maybe one touchdown. One touchdown and four interceptions in his career in the playoffs. And they're four. He's 4-1. Ooh, I know Jerry's skating. I know he's pissed. Oh, well. Should have won. Super chat. Um, if I miss some super chats, I'll try to go back and get them. But D David J says Kellen Moore had no business calling a QB draw with 14 seconds and no timeouts. It's just disappointing to see that stuff happen. Absolutely. Uh, we did the show like immediately after that play happened, David J. And if it wasn't for me hosting the show, I would have sat there speechless. I told you I wasn't up getting all crazy at that point. I was just speechless. Like What? What, what are you doing? You were already in Hail Mary position. Not get you want to get another playoff, but I think the easiest thing to do was, hey, Schultz, just go run seven yards, ten yards. We'll get it to you because the ball is faster than the man. Fall down, and we have a normal spike situation. There is nothing normal about a QB draw spike situation, in my opinion. We could blame the refs. I did learn a new rule. I found out that the back judge can touch the ball as opposed to the ump to make, and this is what Dean Blandino said, which by the way, Dean Blandino. Um, but this was, this is what he said. The back judge on a long play can touch the ball to make, because they want to have the most efficient way of getting to the next play. Well, Dean, wouldn't you think if the back judge, I'm sorry, the umpire who's 30 yards away and the back judge who was, I think, about 15 yards away, don't you think it would have been a little bit easier for him to go touch the ball? But that, that game had nothing to do with them. 
there was a statistic I saw coming out of the Chiefs Bills game. And it's got nothing to do with the refs for the most part. I'm just talking about discipline. The Chiefs and the Bills had a combined four penalties in that game. I saw another weird stat where the Chiefs game, the Bills game, and I think it was maybe the, the Tampa Bay game. If you combine all of their penalties, they equal 14 penalties for the Cowboys. Equal. Four different teams equaled one game of the Dallas Cowboys penalties. And usually we can get on the refs for bullcrap calls or whatever. But at least half, if not more, of those penalties were warranted by the Cowboys in that Niners game. Discipline, man. Discipline. Don't have it. And I don't like that McCarthy came out and seemed to say, hey, it's okay to get on these referees. I don't like it. I don't like it. And I told you that that press conference rubbed me the wrong way. And I think it did rub. I think it rubbed uh, not McCarthy, Jerry, the wrong way, too. But how much, though? Like, How mad are you, Jerry? All right, let's get to the phone lines. I'm done with all my rants for the day. I just thought that was a phenomenal football weekend. And you can tie some of it back to Dallas. But let me say this. Every tweet that us content creators make, well, at least me on Twitter is not about the Cowboys. Sometimes just tweeting about football. I, the, the replies that come back for Dallas is so strange to me. Like I, I could say something like, man, what a quarter of football. Dallas. Da, 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 da. Listen, guys, I get it. I get it. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to enjoy football right now. We'll get to Dallas. I do a show every Monday through Friday to talk about Dallas. But nowadays I'm starting to understand most fans, their world surrounds the one team, so they don't really get a chance to see everybody as in-depth. And I get it. It is what it is. Uh, let's get to B, who's been holding. What's up, B? What's good with you, G? How you doing? I'm good, brother. How are you? Oh, man, I'm all right, man. Yeah, bro, that was a great week of, week, weekend of football, it bro. Was. It, was just, it was. It was just good to – it was just good to just, you know what I'm saying, watch football without the emotion attached to it, to be honest with you. you just watching and enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes as a fan, you forget to do that when you're watching your team. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And and it was and like you said, man, it was good to just be, you know, watch other games and and even, talk, like you said, talk some of it, some of it to Dallas, but then you just watch some of these coaching blunders and you'd be like, why in the hell are you letting – Travis Kelsey have a free release up the seam, and all these boys need is a field goal. Like sometimes, bro, I do not understand why they make coaching look so hard sometimes. Because it's just common sense. Like, why would you, Travis Kelsey? You gonna give this man a free release, bro? He didn't get touched. No. Until he ran ten yards, and then he got tackled. After what? What was that? Like a seventeen-yard pass or something like that? Um, I couldn't believe that, bro. 19 yards, yeah, roughly, yeah. Yeah, that was crazy, man, to just sit there and to watch these coaches week in and week out play that dumb-ass prevent defense, bro. <laughs> I was just sitting there just like, oh, yeah, they well, about to lose. Well, here's the they thing I didn't, I didn't bring up about them. Why, why would you not squib kick it? I, I, there's no way I'm giving Patrick Mahomes with Tyreek Hill <laughs> – on the other side, bro. Any thirteen seconds with three timeouts is enough to get a chunk play, call timeout, and now you're either in hail mary mode or a potential field goal. 
Uh, and that's exactly what happened. If you squib kick it, at the very least, two, three, four seconds may come off the clock, and that may be the difference in what you saw. So, you know, that's another coaching blunder. Coaching, bro, it, 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 it just, it's crazy how much we just, <clears throat> sometimes we just don't really understand or just don't really apply. Like, coaching really does matter, bro. Every week, it'd be the, 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 the small things that come up being big at the end, man. Yeah. You know, yep. something I just noticed, like, like I think you were touching on it with the Rams game, man. It's just crazy how a team can target Cooper Cup as many times as he's targeted, and they still get this man the ball. Jamar Chase is in his second year, and this man is getting targeted eight, nine times a game, and he's still eating. And it's just, is it that? Is it? The, it makes you wonder. Like, is it? Is it Dak? Is it Kelly? Yeah, he's part of it. Is it sure. a combination of both? I think it's both. You know what I'm saying? Because I'll be sitting. There, I'm, I'm sitting there like, man, there's no way Amari Cooper can't be out here dogging these boys. He is, but because when your offensive coordinator think, says that we do not want to narrow the focus down to one player, what do you think is going to happen on game day? Crazy. Like that bro. was the dumbest thing you could have said publicly. Dumbest thing you could have said publicly, bro. Dumbest thing. It's just crazy, man. You sit back and, you know, you watch it and you're just like, damn, man. It's like, what, what, what are we paying this man for? Just to be a $20 million veteran leader in the, lo- in the locker room? I like Amari Cooper. Oh, he ain't I would no, like to that's see not what, He ain't that. You know, I love Amari, but he ain't no veteran leader. But if you, yeah, I'm talking about from, like, but how he goes about it. You listen to the younger guys and they talk about him being uh, – the way he goes about leaving by example of how you work as far as the guys in the receiver room. But you going to pay this man $20 million to, 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 to do that? To be a decoy. And to, involve, to, to be a decoy, <laughs> bro. It's like you might as well release him. And, and shit. If I'm him, it's like, man, I want my bread. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. But, damn, man, you're not going to sit around here making me look like I'm just trash. You know, you might as well go make a, a, a play for Odell Beckham and play him. Thirteen million dollars to go do that for what? Because all they're going for Odell, what? Get Odell Beckham and do the same thing. Just, Man, we can't narrow it down to one person. Like, like the the, the yeah, scheme I'm is, just is, saying, is like, silly. If you, I'm just, it's so silly, bro. I'm just saying, like, you know, if you're gonna cut them, then what you gonna do? You know what I'm saying? It's just. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because we're going to segue these, into that. Because you saying here, I'm talking about these these boys, man, and the offensive line. I told you. A couple of weeks ago, when you was trying try to get on me, you was like, "Man, Joe Philbin is running a respected guy." Now you're hearing whispers about Jerry wanting to get rid of his ass. I told he you, is. man, he needs to go. Jo- the, 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 get Joe, him out of there. I'm cool with moving on from Joe, but Joe Philbin is the least of my worries. Like, I, I'm, I want to get rid of the whole entire offensive staff. Joe Philbin's a good offensive. Co- <laughs> I'm sorry, offensive line coach. Joe Philbin, what he's not, he's not in run game corner. I think that's what you you were talking about, and I agree with that getting a run game coordinator in here. But as as an offensive line coach, I think Joe Philbin's a good offensive line coach. I mean, again, two years in a row dealing with what he had to deal with, I'm not putting the blame on Joe Philbin. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I think Terrence Steele stepped in fine. Uh, I think you saw Tyler B. Eilish progress. Granted, he's not the greatest center that you, you want to see, but I can't blame Joe for Tyron Smith being injured in and out. I can't blame Joe for Lyle Collins you know, getting suspended for five games. I can't blame Joe for only having McGovern and Connor Williams to work with and trying to figure that out. 
I don't know whose call it was to play musical chairs during that situation with the Raiders, but Joe wasn't near. If that was Joe's Man. call, he got to get smacked on the head too for that too. But that was ridiculous. Right. Do you um? I haven't seen this offensive line, bro. Have any? It seemed like they were getting better and going back to running game. Moses, bro. Fucking um. Bill Callahan. And that offensive line has not been the same since. And you know who hasn't been the same since Ron Larry left? So Tyron Smith. Tyron Smith is a different player when he plays next to a guy with power. And it's something that Broadus pointed out like a couple years ago, and I started to pay attention to that. When Tyron Smith plays next to a guard that plays with power, for some reason he plays better. And I don't, I don't get why. And, and I remember Broadus did this breakdown of it. Next time you do a show with Broadus, ask him about it. Sure. He has not been the same player since Leary has left, bro. And to me, you might have to move Lyle Collins over if, if you're gonna keep. I think that's if you're gonna the keep Tyron, and I know how you feel about that. You got, you got to put somebody there, there next to Tyron, bro, that plays with power. And if you're gonna go with Steel at right, go with Steel at right. It's not like it's, it's not like he played terrible. This is how and this is how deprived the most, Dallas Cowboy okay. fans are right now. It, it's they, we y'all tend to do this a lot. Yeah, just got to smirk at it. We're so deprived of success that we constantly reach back a decade, just a damn bout, to talk about what was or what. Could, man, we miss Bill Callahan, fam. That was eight years ago. You, <laughs> you've had I'm just, eight. I'm, I'm not just saying you. I'm not just saying you. I'm not just saying you because it's not just you. It's entire Cowboys Nation. Man, if we just had Tony Tony Romo ain't been the Cowboys quarterback for seven years, damn it. Why why do we <laughs> man Jimmy John, Jimmy Johnson been going for twenty seven years, dog? What are we doing there? Like like I love I get the frustration. This shows how deprived we are of success. Because if we can find some success, we don't need to talk about something eight, seven, nine, ten, twenty years ago. Because then is not now. There are quality offensive coordinators, offensive line coaches, quarterback coaches, whatever you want to call it, in between Bill Callahan eight years ago and now. Um, but I, I and, J, and, and Jimmy Johnson's and now and the Tony Romo's and now. There's quality in between that. The Cowboys just haven't been good at finding that. Other teams have. That's an organizational issue. Is it finding it? Is it finding it, or is it, uh, or is it you're just going with these guys that you're comfortable with? What do you mean? You know what I mean? Because I think, okay, kind of like to use the example with uh, M- McCarthy last year. He didn't go with the best option at defensive coordinator. We all knew that. Yeah. He went with a guy that he was comfortable with, with that he buddy. owed a favor to. Are we doing that? Because it seems like we we doing a little bit of like if you look at Mike McCarthy's entire staff, aside from um uh, uh DQ, he has some familiar Al Harris. Um, well, that's the, but but B uh, that's that's normal. Joe Witt. B that's that's we, normal, but we'd be naive. We'd be naive. We'd be naive if we didn't believe that is the case around the league like coaching staffs are filled with guys they're familiar with right it's just a matter of getting the right guy and last year they did not have the right guy in Mike Nolan they thankfully corrected that decision right. by getting Dan Quinn we'll see what happens moving forward I don't think Quinn's going to be here yeah me neither bro I, I think you got to do that with the offensive staff the same way you you went and say you know what 
I got to get out, out of my comfort zone a little bit with my defense and go with a guy that I'm not familiar with. Same thing you might have to do with Joe Philbin. Or, like you said, Joe, the whole the whole listen, staff. Like I was about to say, Joe, not familiar with Joe Philbin, we, 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 just say the name. Kellen freaking Moore. And if, if we're being completely honest here, do you think go to, Mike bro. McCarthy has the say-so to get rid of and change up this entire offense? I think not the entire offense, no. I think he can get rid of anybody he wants but Kellen Moore. And That's why I think anybody on that offense is The problem. Your head coach has oh, we been already know emasculated. We already know it's Jerry. Right. We already know it's Jerry. Come on. We are we we so we already know it's Jerry, bro. We don't even speak on it. I, this we is, already, this, well, it's well, like, well, this is what I mean by like I don't I don't think there's only there's an addition I would love to add that I think will help, but I don't think it'll be too much. Maybe I like John Kitna getting John Kitna up in here, but I truly don't think that whatever whatever decision they decide to make from the staff inside and staff inside the offense, be it offensive line coach, running back coach, receivers coach, tight ends coach, whatever. I don't think that will make a drastic right. difference in this offense unless the philosophy changes. And according to Mike McCarthy, the what do you say? The person who stalls it and cause cause it. So Kellen is installing this offense and he's obviously calling the offense. I don't know how much that's going to matter unless he gets somebody in his ear that he can work with, which we talked about last week. If Kellen's going to be here, what needs to change? Get somebody in here that that can change Kellen Moore's mind in the philosophy of this offense, in my opinion. You mean like a, uh, like a, what do they call these guys when they want to add them to the staff, a consultant? Yeah, they had that. That's the new way to add. That's the, that's the new way to add somebody to the staff when you want them is a, a consultant. Run game coordinator. I like that. I like that term too. Get, you know, somebody in here that. His ears are open to, and, and, and that Jerry and those boys allow him to be open to the changes, right? Like, it's, it's so weird because there's so many different dynamics to this thing. That's why a lot of fans are wanting, you know, I told you, I was saying, I called you last week and I spoke about uh, Sean Payton. That's why a lot of fans want, would love the Sean Payton deal. I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think if it happens, I think it'll be next year because I think he can get out of his contract, and if Mike McCarthy doesn't at least get to the NFC Championship game and win it, I think he's gone. But that's why a lot of people want that type of coach because there's only a certain few coaches that I think Jerry Jones respects and stand up to him, and I think Sean Payton is one of those coaches. It's not Mike McCarthy, and we all know that, bro. Well, it's but Yeah, only- man, I'm going to let you go, man. I mean, appreciate you know what I'm calling. Saying? I'm going to sit up here and listen. Bro, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I don't want to take up too much time for everybody else, bro. I just called to chop it up with you for a second. Appreciate you, big. All right, bro. Let's go back to something that he said at the beginning, which was uh, Mark Cooper. Jerry Jones had conversations about Mark Cooper. Now, quote. I don't have any comment on Cooper's contract, Jones said, of the four-time pro bowler on 105 to the fan in Dallas on Friday. I thought that we were playing early when we did make something happen. I thought Cooper had a big part in that. And I'm not being trite. He always says that. But how he fits in and should take half the field with him when he goes and runs the field, not half. That's an exaggeration, of course. But a whole bunch of that defense should have to honor Cooper. I, I thought people took this 
I, I mean, my opinion, a little bit the wrong way. It, it seemed like people thought he was coming at Amari. I, I personally think he was coming at Dak and Kellen Moore. If, if we're going to say, hey, who is he coming at? Right? I mean, he may not come at nobody. But if he was speaking on someone in regards to the problem, uh, I think it was more so the play caller and the quarterback thing than Amari Cooper. I mean, am I reading that wrong? It's not even just this. It was, there were other things that he said. And all the headlines came out of this that, yo, Jerry Jones is mad at Amari Cooper. If he's mad at Amari Cooper, it's, it, to me, it's more have to do with the whole COVID situation, right? Not wearing a mask, not being uh, vaccinated and things like that. But, I mean, wide receivers can only, they can't control when they get the rock. So that's why, to me, it felt felt strange to hear a lot of people saying that he was mad at Coop when I read that as, nah, man, y'all got to get him the ball. I thought that when we were playing, the way we were playing earlier, when we did make something happen, I thought Cooper had a big part in that. He did. Because he's that kind of player. So I thought that was interesting. I think he was more so coming at, uh, Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott more than coming out of Mark Cooper, in my opinion. Uh, let's get D. Rich in the building. What's up, D. Rich? D. Rich going once. D. Hey, Rich hey, I'm twice. here. Oh, there he goes. Scott Walker, what's going on, bro? What's up, man? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Not much, man. I, I uh, yeah, I've been listening to your comments and I was listening to the other gentleman. And yeah, let me uh, state. Um, okay. Um, yes, this weekend, in regards to the weekend games, it was great. This is probably one of the best weeks, if not the best football weekend from a divisional playoff that I can remember. Mm-hmm. I mean, every game went down pretty much to the wire. Um, it went down to who had the ball last for the most part. Um, bonehead decisions from coaching staffs. I think 75% of it was due to defenses just being gassed. And then them just not thinking and not doing the right thing, similar to like like you said with like the gentleman said with Kelsey um, prior. I mean, yeah, I saw that play, and I'm like, how do you do this? I mean, and the the cool thing is this: it's not like um, you know the coaches staff. It's like they use their players who are star players, and I'm gonna go off of what Michael Irvin said. Star players come up in big games, and I take what you just said about Amari Cooper and that whole media spinning what they spin about Jerry. You know, Jerry's an elderly man. He's going he has his Jerryisms, what I call it. He just it just is what it is. It, and people spin the media cuz that's going to be their citizen. you know, we're the you know, that's what they do and they and they love put you know, everybody keeps the Dallas Cowboys in their mouth. Off season, during season, everybody's got to have a way and the, and the media is going to do whatever they can to keep Dallas in the mouth of um, and in the minds of viewers because that's ratings for them. It's money. So I get that. But at the same time, like you said, I mean, Dak, I mean, he ain't getting the ball. If you, if you put Amari Cooper in San Francisco, dude, this cat is balling out pro bowler like he should be every year. Oh, my God. And dude. he's got 100 catches. He's got 100 catches because you got a quarterback and you got a daggone offensive coordinator and coaching who knows how to freaking use him. Well, the quarterback don't know. The quarterback's trash. It ain't got nothing to do with the quarterback to me. It's more so Kyle Shanahan. That's my point. Mm. The coaching is there. 
But um, even with Jimmy Garoppolo being a, ga- a game manager, he's a better game manager than old boy who won with the uh, uh, with the Baltimore Ravens. You know when Joe? he won that year. Um, you know what I'm saying? And, oh, and, and back Joe, when Joe Flacco had sharp. Ele- Joe Flacco had 11 touchdowns. No, not Flacco. Zero. I'm, I'm um, talking about old boy from Fresno State. I'm talking Trent about old boy Dilfer. from Fresno State. That quarterback. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He, yeah, he better. Okay. He 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 is even better than him. He's better. I mean, Jimmy can make throws. He may not be flashy, but you know what? He can get the ball in most cases to his star, and they're not trying to play around and use him as a damn decoy. Here's the thing, bro. This is this is, and yes, when the gentleman Joe Philbin's an excellent coach. He got a lot out of Terrence Steele because Terrence Steele, let's yeah, be honest, a good coach. He was not. He was. He was garbage, man. First year he was when he played as a non-drafted free agent. Everybody knows that. This year he stepped up his game. He he got better, and I I, I attribute that to Joe Philbin, no question. But at the end of the day, what does Jerry Jerry's get not getting any younger? Number one, and for this mindset about his friends and keeping people he trusts, and the whole Jason Garrett keeping him longer than he should because I was his boy and he kind of handpicked him and grew him. And he played at Dallas behind Troy and, and all this other stuff, man. Look, there, there's a time in a place where you just have to say enough is enough. I have yeah, given but... my team, I've given my organization every possible way to be successful. You have the, all of the facilities. You have Has everything he... you need. But see, Everything uh, has he though? Say so has he? I, mm-hmm. I believe his he's getting in his own way because yeah. his loyalty. When you hear when you hear Michael Irvin, Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, Darren Woodson, I can keep going on. Larry Allen, Charles Haley. When you hear all these all these men that speak highly of Jerry Jones the way they do, that speaks to one thing. First, first of all, regardless of the media and how they do, Jerry's a good dude. He's a businessman, but he also has a level of character and integrity when it comes to people he works with, he partners with, he's, he gets to know, he knows the families. He, he's, a, he's a man among men. I have to, I'm going to give him that credit. I've never met this man, but just by hearing these other men speak about them, I, I, I got to give him love. But he gets in his own way yeah, because his loyalty is to a fault, brother. It's to a fault. Ego. He's loyal to his ego. Why do you think Kellen Moore is still here? Because he's an attachment to Jason Garrett, who was his failed yeah. project. So if Kellen Moore can be a successful project, he can still say, I did it my way, right? Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. If Jerry Jones You're really right. wanted and gave them every opportunity to win, Jerry Jones would step the hell back all the way. Not a little bit, all the way out. Same thing with Steven, all the way. And bring in football people to run this thing and let your football people do it. But that's that's just not the case. It's just, and and you're right, his ego, he won't get out of his own way. I I agree with Mm. you wholeheartedly. But I think his age... Is, is is going to is going to originally catch up, and and I think his mind, his patience. Yeah, he mentioned that he was, it was the most disappointing loss. Absolutely, but here's the thing. He said it himself when I was watching um, what's his name on Law Nation. He 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 had a quote that he kept playing the Jerry play um, when Jerry said that you know the way the NFL is set up now is that when you have good players and good talent. You're not gonna. You gotta win when you have them, because you're not gonna be 
able to keep them for long. Usually the good personnel ends up going to teams that are not so that have not done so well in order to get more parity amongst the league. That's the way it's set up. He said that himself. So at the end of the day, when you have seven or eight players that's got over 70% of your payroll, and you know you got all these one-year deals, yeah, you're going to restructure some contracts, and I get that, and that's great that these players want to do it. But at the end of the day, man, you, you, you have to get rid of Kellen Moore. I mean, for Kellen Moore not to go home to Boise State, it's beyond me because that was, to me, that was his, his prime opportunity. Some, but at the I, end of the I day. I think Jerry might have said something to him, and that's why he's still here because that, that didn't make any sense to me. You know, that's his alma mater. He can go do that college crap in college, and, and it's a little easier to get yeah. away with. And to say no just to be the OC here, to me, he probably was told, hey, man, hold tight just a little bit longer. I think longer. we can get you a better yeah. spot in this organization. I, just putting on my little experience out there. I, I feel you. And you know what? I think you, you're right about that. And, 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 and it, you have to look at it from that that context because I, I just don't understand how you run these sets. And I was listening to G bag Nathan the other day and they had Kurt, oh, sets, Kurt Warner man. on there. And, um, and only reason why he had Kurt, I was listening to Kurt Warner and um, Kurt Warner had said something that was really cool to me. And it made sense regarding um, and, and Broadus had asked that, that question to him. Um, and how you run a certain set, and you have your guy that's getting the man-to-man coverage or single, um, single coverage, and everybody else is jumbo, jumbled on the opposite side of the field. And you have your tight end up there. Oh, and don't get me wrong, Schultz is serviceable, but you you don't. I yeah, mean, dude, why not have? I know what you're talking about because I went back and I, I, I for whatever reason, in the middle of these games, I, I decided to watch the the game from the bird's eye view again. I know I need to wash my eyes out, but. I said it a bunch of times. Like he loves to run this four by one set, and or this three by one set is usually four by one though. And, and this was something mm-hmm. that we saw earlier in the season. It had success because teams hadn't seen how the Cowboys operated out of it for whatever reason. He didn't this, this, he didn't adapt to it. He didn't add on to that four by one set. And I know what you're talking about. He would line up four wide receivers on one side, or just four people in general. Sometimes it was three wide receivers and a running back, and then he'd put Schultz. On the other side, and that would you know it's Schultz. You know there was not there was one play yeah. Kurt Warner talked about where he said yeah there's one on one with the tight end. But as much as I love Schultz, this isn't Darren Waller. I'm not throwing jump balls yeah. up to Schultz one on one. If that was Darren Waller or Kyle Pitts or whomever, sure I I throw the ball up. Yeah, but, but I'll do that. Why not exactly. flip it? Why not put somebody else over there? Stress the defense. I mean, but but that was just one. There was another one where. Well, that was- where there was the three by one set, they kept flaring out the running back, but they they literally ran nothing different. About three or four times they ran that play in the game. It was the same exact thing. There was nothing different. Uh, Bobby, Wa- not Bobby Wagner, uh, Warner, Fred Warner saw the play a bunch on tape. He just kept playing. He just kept going to his marker, played it, and you know there was nothing crazy that came out of it. So, I don't know. yeah, it's it's, it's he, he played his keys, and and it's amazing the talent and the intelligence of, of the defenses and the players who are playing them who are really special in this league to see them perform at a high level is absolutely beautiful to watch. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I used to remember looking at Ray Lewis and, and this guy, I remember watching him. He was, Maryland was playing West Virginia one time and he was on the sideline cause his son was balling from Maryland. 
And he was sitting out there like, man, they running cover three. They're running cover three. Come on, man, you got to throw it to the outside. What's going on? And this is why he was in the middle of his interview that he was talking to the guy, glancing at the game in a matter of seconds, coming back and answering his questions and still spotted coverages quickly I mean, to know what to do. You, you, I, I'm not it's in those amazing. meetings. I'm not in, no, I'm not in the film room or any of that stuff. But you, you can kind of sense, right, like, Kellen Moore, the backup quarterback his whole life in football, was under one coordinator, yep. right? He he really didn't get a chance to play in those big games. We talked about that before, but when you when you go listen to other people who have been in those big games and things like that, you kind of you see the game from their lens and you're like, "Well, why doesn't he?" Ah, cuz he ain't that type <laughs> of guy. He ain't never been in that situation. And I'm not saying that all Hall of Famers should be That's coaches. It. I'm not saying any of that, right? But Kellen never got a chance just to sit back for a number of years. Mike McDaniels, Kyle Shanahan, mm-hmm. Sean McVay, uh, Zach Taylor. Um, who else is here? Uh, Eric Bieniemy. All great coaches that are still um, playing right I'm, now. I'm trying to think of some of the bright football <laughs> minds that all these guys didn't retire from whatever they did. Quarterbacks, coach, offensive coordinator, bang, bang. That never happened. These guys sat as certain position coaches or just getting the tape and having to watch. Or uh, Mike McDaniel's been assistant whatever for, what, seven years, and he'll likely get a head coaching opportunity where Kellen is learning yeah. on the job. And that's why I found it so funny. I brought this up before, uh, D, D. Rich, where Jerry said, well, yeah, I didn't want to go get me an inexperienced head coach, but failed to do the same thing with the offensive coordinator, and I think that came back to bite him in the butt. And you know what, for him not to, you're absolutely right uh, still. And and to be, you know, what's funny is we all can sit out. I play football in my life. You know what I'm saying? I last thing, last thing, D-Rich, we be on here all day. I know, bro, my bad. Real quick is he doesn't know how to make adjustments during the game. And it, it, it's shown everything that we did that wasn't um, positive or that we continue to show uh, a lack of focus on or had the same problems that reared its ugly head all came to fruition in one game. And the fact that we, we very have to say, look, it's time, man. I want to win. And, and this window is getting even shorter and shorter. It's just what it is, bro. And, and, and I love you. So, you know, that man, I could talk to you all day about football. Cause I got that passion. So I've been a fan since 79. That's why I'll be so. forgetting sometimes when I'm talking on the phone, like, dang, I, I got to do the show. I got other people calling in. Cause I could just, <laughs> we can just talk ball all day, man. Well, appreciate you D rich. Absolutely. Appreciate you, man. Keep doing what you do, bro. Thank you. My bad. I'd be be spacing out sometimes, getting in into the conversation. That's a good conversation, though. B, D, Rich, some good good topics, some good um, questions to to ask or statements to present to what's going on with the Cowboys. But we we, we know ultimately (laughs) what's going on with the Cowboys. But we got to figure out how can we win with this structure? It's, it's so much harder. We make it so much harder than it needs to be. Than it needs to be. All right, man. Got DJ next and Los in the hole. What's up, DJ? Hey, what's up, Scott? How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. All right, man. Uh, yeah, it's my first time checking in since, uh, uh, I just call it Doomsday. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, Man, overall, uh, I think just with all this fallout happens every year. You know what I mean? Like, you know, what what are we doing wrong? Who needs to go? Jerry needs to step down. Like, and I'm I'm like I'm, I'm like cool with that. Same thing. 
I think this year hurts a little extra because I let myself see expectations get up there. I let my expectations get a little higher. Um, for instance, I was thinking Dak was maybe a top three to five quarterback, when in reality he's probably a top seven he's to the, ten uh, quarterback. Right now you got to say he's he's probably below that half, obviously. Uh, until you can get to the playoffs to me and, and go further like this. Granted, it takes more than one person, but still, the opportunity was there. So, yeah, I would put him at the lower end of that tent yeah. at this moment. And it's not because I don't think he has he has what it takes to be up there, but results are results at this moment. Yeah, like right now, today, he's not, right? Like today. Um, and then, again, with the offense, like, yeah, the offense was the number one overall offense. And, like, we look at the stats because historically that's all you can go back. Like, yeah, you can go watch the games and you can do all that. Yeah. But if you're just like, hey, what were they in 2020? They were the first overall offense. But it felt like cause we watched every game. And if this offense was not really that dominant or great as a number one offense should be. Uh, you know, there was two offenses last night that looked way more productive than uh, than Dallas did at, at all during the last half of the season. There's context that, that needs to be added to the Cowboys' number one offense. Like, that was cool to say at the first seven, eight games. Understand it. They was holding. Yeah, they was. They was holding on to that for the rest of the year. And for me, in my opinion, they you got to remember scoring wise. I believe the Cowboys' special teams and defense scored like nine touchdowns, so that obviously helps with the points per game. Um, yards, I don't. I don't yeah. truly, truly don't care about yards. I know how I feel. I, I can give a damn if you're the number one yards offense. That means nothing. You know, you know both offensively and defensively. Um, I'm talking about if you give up a lot of yards. I don't care. It's about getting to the red zone, being efficient, which Dallas eventually figured out at the end of the season, right? Um, and then how do you perform yeah. against the better teams? And when you go look at the, the five games, we'll call it four games, uh, after week – no, five games. After week one, the offenses, they didn't, they didn't just pile it up, you know, in the five losses, aside from what the Raiders game, which took a while. But the, the offenses struggled. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And the last thing I'll let you go, brother, because I know we're getting right around to the clock, is can you imagine, like, I'm very interested to know if Dak went out and did what Josh Allen did last night and quote-unquote <laughs> lost the game, but he technically uh, won the game twice. It's just his defense. Like, can you imagine what Cowboy Nation would be today if that was the case? Like, you know what I mean? I, I'm honestly, I w- I, that would have been an interesting case because we've seen that happen before. Cowboys go down, get the lead, then, yeah. the, then the team, the defense comes down, gives up the lead. But I, I don't think nothing would have changed. Uh, but but maybe it would have because that was just an epic game. That was just that was just flat out epic. Oh well, yeah, it was a beautiful game to watch. Like my my emotions were out of it, but they'd almost turned it back on. You know, I'm really numb. I'm depressed. I'm I'm in recovery right now. But. Um, it was actually, I was like, hey, you know, this is actually halfway interesting. I actually turned it on and, way, and, you know, didn't turn it off within 15 minutes. That game was phenomenal, man. Yeah. For sure, for sure. But all right, Scott, I appreciate you, brother. Thanks for the call, man. Yeah, I, I pff, listen, I couldn't turn that game off. I actually forgot it. No, not that game. It was the Rams game. I was watching Ozark season four, which, by the way, man. Mm, it's all right. 
Season four is I. Right. I'm a little, uh, I'm a little disappointed. Um, but I'm, I got two more episodes left. We'll see how they end. Nonetheless, I'm like, oh snap! They're, this is the three thirty Eastern time, so I missed like four minutes of the first quarter. Turned that on, and from the rest is history. That you know, yesterday was uh, Sunday was a great game, great great games all the way around. What you got for us, Los? Good morning, Sky man. What a weekend, Sky. Yeah. Goes to show there can only be one champion at the end of the day. <laughs> you know, every team is going to be heartbroken just as us, man. But hey, I don't care about Green Bay fans, though. They can stay heartbroken. <laughs> but hey, these two in the AUC. Jeez, God, man. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's going to be a freaking landmine. You're going through Herbert and Burrow and uh, Allen and. and you know, even Derek Carr had a good game, a good year this year. And then obviously Patrick Mahomes, King, Lamar Jackson, like, whoo-wee, it's a landmine over there. Man, it, man, like that's the silver lining. They're in the AFC. So, man, that division, that whatever they've been doing, whatever, that coach over there in the AFC, they, they drafted some pretty good, pretty good QBs, and I was wrong about Josh Allen, man. Man, he showed – he. Clutch after clutch, man. That means top two in the league right now. I mean, I'm not even. I'm not trying to be hyperbole, fam. But yeah, but and I'm I'm gonna say this: most of these giants in the NFC, such as Green Bay and Tampa, they don't know what they're gonna do at uh, regarding their QB. So that's something to watch out for. But my main point is this, guy. Taking away from what I've seen this weekend, is most of these teams that won. They won because they set up their players in the best position to win that game. Mm. And who does that fall on? That coaching staff. And the only coach in the staff that did his job in our building regarding regarding who was missing players or anything was Dan Quinn. And that's why he's getting all the praise, most of, you know, getting that head coaching. Regard, you know, getting this opportunity to get all these head coaching jobs. Kellen all, all all season long has shown a questionable ability, you know, his basically play call. Mm. Also, you know, with his kicker, his love for the kicker and sometimes want to be that hero ball. Yes, he has done, you know, something like you can be like, wow, that was great. And then you're like, wow, what was that, you know? Mm. And then Mike, all that questionable decision-making when it came crunch time, clock management. These last games in the playoffs all came down to that, Sky. And knowing what type of zone and coverages you like to put out there and knowing how much timeouts and, and clock you have. And I'm going to be up, up front, Sky. If we were in that position, most teams were there, do you think we would have had a shot with the coaching staff we had? I want Re- you to be up front with Repeat that front part of that question. If we were in the same position, like, the Bills, Kansas City, you know, et cetera. Well, we had a shot to do what they did, you know, with our coaching staff that we have now. If we still not follow, are you saying with our coaching staff, would we be in the divisional round or what are you saying? Or basically like, let's say we were down and we had 20 seconds to win the game or 15 seconds to win the game, kind of like Kansas City. I mean, that we've 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 seen that to not be the case, right? We only seen one game that they did that. That was against the the Patriots. They've had a, they had a shot against Oakland, Dak, and didn't get it done. They had a shot against the Cardinals. The, the defense didn't get the stop. 
Uh, who else? We close game. Man, multiple shots against the Chiefs. But granted, that that game said 10, 10 point game. It felt like it was larger. Um, who's the other loss? Denver. I mean, there was no shot in Denver. That was just flat out blowout. Uh, and then boom, the Niners in the playoffs. They had their shots. So no, I can't sit here and say yes because it didn't happen all year except one time. And exactly, Scott. And that's my point. Like we have to find a way to finish these games with common sense. You know, it's it's not dumb football we're playing. It's it's just you know, like it's just common sense. Like I I don't know who said it, but I know like there's a like man, my peewee coach can coach better than this, you know, like, I, and my last thing is this, you want to talk about words of inspiration, I don't know if you saw, but when those, what, what Andy Reid said to Patrick Mahomes, man, that's going to go as legendary, not, man. I, I, I'm, I'm an Andy Reid fan, grim, Andy Reid fan. When things look grim, be the grim reaper. Boy, if that ain't cold-blooded right there, that's how you inspire right there, man. Andy Reid, and, he one uh, of the goats with only one ring, man. I, I've been a huge fan of Andy Reid for so many years. I thought he gets a lot of slack or gets a lot of, uh, you know, some slack sometimes for his game management. But, again, as you guys can see around the league, every coach goes through these ups and downs with game management. Uh, but Reid is just one of the brightest offensive minds in the history of this game and five consecutive NFC championships on the AFC or NFC. Now four consecutive championship games in the AFC. He's been to nine championship games in a row in a sense, right? Like, like to do that at multiple conferences is all time. It's, it's, it's legendary stuff. And I think he has the opportunity to get another Super Bowl this year. In fact, I think the Chiefs are the favorites, but. Yeah, and my last, and like I said, Pascal, uh, I'll leave with this question, and you can answer when I, you know, hang up. Mm. If you think John Payton was on this staff, do you think he will elevate Dak's accountability to see and attack the attack down the field? Because basically, who's his who's I his offensive coordinator? Uh, let's say Sean Payton's in the building; he has full control. Oh, oh if Sean Payton has full control, then yeah. I feel confident in, in Sean Payton taking, helping Dak take the next step. Exactly, because I really do believe Dak has shown the ability. Because I feel like his problem this year, this year, was holding on to the ball and seeing that his receivers had to be open, except you know just letting it fly. Because it's the receiver job to get open, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen him. I've seen him make ridiculous contested throws before, but. I don't think he adapted. Remember, I get on Kellen more about adapting, but then I have to, after Kellen, who's next is Dak. I don't think he adapted well to the changes, um, to the umbrella coverages and things like that. And in my opinion, he should have been more adamant about a counter move instead of just being so laid back and nonchalant about it. Like, yeah, 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 we'll just, we'll eventually get it done. No, you weren't getting it done. You got to figure something else out. You got, there has to be a different plan of attack. Yeah, exactly. Scott. And, I mean, that's it, man. You have a good morning. God bless, guy. You do great things. You have always be having a great show. Like I, like the other guy said, God has such amazing things for you. Thanks, man. And by, by the way, whoever whoever is trashing Dak or all these people that are trashing Dak, y'all have to hold the same standard for all these QBs that played horrible this week, such as Aaron Rodgers, and that's that. Because he played horrible. All right, man. I'll leave you with that. I love appreciate you. Yeah, the QB wins stat was definitely on display this this weekend. 
both ways, right? One way where the QBs weren't all that hot, but the complimentary football day, which was Saturday, came to fruition. And then on Sunday, the QB win stat was the QB, who did literally everything in regards to Patrick Mahomes, ran and passed, and then Josh Allen, who just happened to lose. That's going to go down as a loss, but he played out of his mind. Um, One of the things I saw on Twitter, I thought this was a great tweet. I think it was by my guy Kevin Gray. He said, Jerry Jones lost his greatest currency with the fan base, and that's hope. A lot of fans already lost that. We've had a bunch of them in here, you know. But I think there was hope given to this year because both both callers, the last two callers, talked about kind of thinking things would be. They had some hope. They got their hopes up. Which how could you not going seven and one, right? Like you saw seven and one, you thought, man, this could be something, right? The defense is coming together. The offense is lights out. That's fair. That's just fandom. I mean, if you ain't feel good about seven and one, and you didn't, you're just living in misery, you know. They got to be able to ride through these waves. And um, there was a lot of hope. But I'm I'm kind of with Kevin. I think for the most part, most of this fan base, that currency, that hope going into next year is, is going to be extremely low. And that's what sucks because we got a long way to go. And I'm going to try my damnedest to, to move forward and talk about everything else. But if there's no hope, that's that's rough. I think Jerry feels that. I think Jerry feels that. Um, but one thing Los was talking about, and that's something I had in my notes here, was about these teams, these offenses going to their guys. And I said on Sunday it was about letting the stars be the stars. It wasn't just Sunday. The entire divisional round, if you go look at the, the, the winners at least, the Rams, the Niners, the Bengals, and the Chiefs, go look at their plan of attack. There's a famous saying from... Uh, well, famous to me because I'm a Marvel freak. Uh, Tony Stark, I think it was Captain America, asked him before he was about to jump out and go get at it with Thor. He said, well, what's your plan of attack? And Tony said, attack. And I love that because I felt that I felt that within some of these teams. Their, their plan of attack was to go get it and get it to their guys. We talked about the Rams and Cooper Cup. Games on the line, he goes to Cooper Cup twice. Forget Forget everything else. I'm going to Cooper Cup. They win the game. The 49ers on their final drive to get in the field goal range. This was their, their play call sheet. He went to, to Mitchell, who's their best running back. I'm sorry, Kittle. Kittle first. Quick little easy slant. Got 18 yards. Mitchell, four yards. The next four, the next four plays. Debo, Debo, Debo. Third and seven. He doesn't say, hey man, I'm gonna put it in Jimmy Garoppolo's hands. He went to Debo. First down, game over. Cincinnati Bengals, they get that turnover. The game wasn't a great game throwing-wise. A lot of yards you'll see from from, uh, Joe Burrow. Sacked nine times. He did a lot of holding on to the ball as well. It wasn't a great game. What happened, though, when they got the turnover? Very first play. I don't care. I know what coverage you're going to call. This is what Joe Burrow said. This was beautiful. This This is what I said on Twitter, too. He said, we knew based on the, we call them still shots, but based off of the iPad, the coverage they were going to be into, great call by Zach, great route by um, Chase, and great delivery by Burrow. Game on the line, and went to Chase, win the game. The Kansas City Chiefs, game on the line multiple times. Tyreek Hill to take the lead, then they go back down, they score. Tyreek Hill again to get in position. 
and then uh, Kelsey to get the field goal, and then they get down there to score the game on the touchdown. They go to who? Travis Kelsey. So there's times where I feel like we make this game more difficult than it needs to be. Get the ball deliberately to your best players. This take what the defense give you mentality. This I'm just going to run the play that the quarterback or the coach called. All of that. Get it to your best players in the biggest games, in the biggest moments. It truly is not that difficult. Cooper Cup, everybody on the damn Niners. It's like now Debo, Chase, Kelsey, and Hill. They all won the game. It's not hard. Deshaun, what's up, man? Uh, good morning, Scott, man. That was, that was a crazy weekend. So let me tell you the story. So, um, I was watching the Bills and the Kansas City game, and my mom, she's a big Kansas City fan. She kept saying, oh, my God, Kansas going to lose. Kansas. I said, Mom, I don't care how many seconds left. If you give Patrick Mahomes any type of time to get into a position to win the game, it's going to happen. And I'm asking the question, did you see any fear in Patrick Mahomes' eyes? I like when, when, like, when Josh Allen went back and scored, his his mindset never changed. It, it stayed like exactly the same. You heard and what the coach said. Like, go be the Grim Reaper. You know that's what I said. Yeah, ain't no fear <laughs> in his man's eyes. And it, it, it was no fear. And I was like, and once I heard they, I, once I heard Ken C get the ball back, see uh, Nick Wright. I was looking on Twitter. He said you might as well outside kick it because this they're about to go down the field. And they're about to make uh, make a play. That's why they should have squib kicked. I, I truly believe Deshaun. If had they squib kicked I'm it and took about three to five seconds off that clock, they win the game. They do. And I just like I said, me personally, I feel like Dallas could be so much more, but it, we do so much to get in our own way. Meaning, like yeah, sure we do. I feel like it. If we can find ways to get, like you said earlier, find ways to get Cooper and every all your players with the ball, it'll be so much easier. But what we do is we try to play by like you remember how earlier about uh, earlier in the season you play how do you want it? Yeah. How do you feel? They, I think they took that like kind of extreme because it's like they wanted to play like. Everybody trying to get the ball. Every no, like sometimes you have to say, fluff the sheet. Let me find Amari. Let me find Lamb. Let me find these yes. playmakers and let them make plays. And I feel like if Amari, even like I said first, if Amari does go wherever he goes, they're going to utilize him better than we have because I never see them try to do any short routes with Amari. I always see Amari has this great route tree. Did you see what Cooper Cup did on that play? Um. Uh, it was like he did like it was like the second play before the touchdown. He did like a little move and he made the the DB fall Yo, and he was wide open. You thinking the same thing? I'm. And, I, I lied to you not. I saw that route and I uh, said, why don't we put Coop in that, in those positions? Why is he always de- designated to be the Z wide receiver? Every time we put not every time, but usually when we put him in a slot in that green zone area, good things happen, and and that happened against the the uh, Niners and they never really went back to that. They put Coop in that slot. And they, they caught him in the perfect, you know, perfect coverage, but it worked. He got a touchdown. Yes. And did you see that play where Tom Brady went down the field to like um uh with Rams on it was Mike Evans. He went down the field and I think it was like the tie the game. Brady said, fluff it. I don't care who's on Mike Evans. 
I'm throwing that down the field. I don't care who's on him. Like, it doesn't matter. At that time, you need players to make plays. At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to when you're in the playoffs. Right. You can go through all through all the playoff games. You can go I just named it. Any- Rams, Cooper Cup. Niners, Debo Samuels, Bengals, Jamar Chase, and the Chiefs, Hill, and Kelsey, all of them literally won the game for their teams. All of them. And I don't understand why we can't get that grasp. And I understand Dak made some – he made some boneheaded decisions. I I, I totally agree with that. But at the same time, you have to tell – somebody has to be in Dak's ear saying, hey, I'm going to need you to get that ball out the field quickly. But I think that's another issue, too, that we don't get the ball out quicker than we're supposed to. And when we do, it's like Cause the oh, offense, comeback routes. Or these, yeah. so. the, the offense is this big big play offense, um, and you're right about the comeback route. There was there was the one catch. Well, he dropped it. Cooper, Mark Cooper got about eh, a six-yard game, but then I think it was Mosley hit him. The entire receiving core, including the tight end, ran what I call a stick route. All of them came right to the sticks and turned right around. And I'm like, what are, what are we doing here? But anyway, um, that's because this offense is so much – it's so, it's it's the Eric Coriel offense, really. It truly is with some, a little bit of razzle-dazzle in it. Everything has to, has to start deep and then come back. And there's really no complications or stressing of the of a zone defense. You heard Kurt Warner talk about it. Man, yeah, you can stress, you can mm-hmm. stress any team just playing straight up man. Uh, but when you get into the zone, you you have to find zone beaters, and and it's obviously we don't. And when you do have to play the underneath game, you now have to tell your cue, and Dak has to understand. Listen, this ain't gonna be a, a long. It's gonna be a deep game game. I gotta figure out how to just get this thing underneath. And by underneath, then we need to attack underneath in a creative way, not just hey, we're just gonna dump it to Dalton Schultz right for four or five yards or what have mm-hmm. you. Find a way to get these boys open and and, and ability to get yak and things like that. And then Dak obviously has to hit it when that happens. And then, obviously, the receiver has to catch it, you know. <laughs> so, it, it's a mix Crazy. of execution my, and, and game plan. My, my last thing. So, I, I watched the current Warner thing, too, but he was telling me we ran the same place four times and didn't do no changes. Yep. I'm looking. I, I was like, there's no way. And he went through and he explained each one of them. I was like, are you serious? So what what he said was what Warner, what Fred Warner did, he always, well, Fred yeah, Warner we would always do. He we talked about that to, earlier. Uh, we talked about that earlier, Deshaun. Yeah, you're you're right. We didn't yeah, make any adjustments uh, on that route, on on that play design. Yeah, so me personally, I feel like if Sean Page do come in, and he gets the control he wants. I feel like Dak will respect him enough to actually listen, and he will actually make changes. But at the end of the day, it's going to come to. Will Jerry let Sean Payton be Sean Payton? That's what that's going to come. Yeah, I and mean, whenever if Sean comes here, we'll talk about it. But this is Earl Thomas two point to me. <laughs> yeah, I got you. So that's all I got. That's all I got for you, Sean. All right, man. Appreciate you, Deshaun. Uh, Special K made a not Special K. I think uh, who I see in there said this. Fresh brought up. About if Kyle Shanahan, yeah, I think we all can agree here. If Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator, I think it's a completely different team and consistently wise, consistent wise offensively. But he talked about how Matt Ryan, prior to Matt Ryan getting Kyle Shanahan, a lot of question marks about Matt Ryan. Got Kyle Shanahan MVP year. 
Kyle Shanahan left. Matt Ryan's been a respectable quarterback, but never back to that kind of level. Um, and then obviously you look at Kyle Shanahan's success in with the 49ers with a very mediocre quarterback to me. Um, he's able to get to the Super Bowl, and then he's able to get to the NFC Championship game with a quarterback who has one career touchdown pass in the postseason. It matters. It absolutely matters. And and I agree uh, with a lot of callers and commenters, I believe, over the last week or so. And getting somebody, you got to get somebody else in here. I, I y'all, y'all know me. I don't like the relationship between Kellen and Dak. It's too close. Uh, I don't think Dak has the ability to go to Kellen and be like, hey, this is what we need to do. Screw what you're saying. And I don't think Kellen is going to deteriorate from what he wants to do. He's going to run his scheme. And there's really nobody to stop him. You know what I mean? He's not a mad scientist in the sense that, yo, this is great. He's a mad scientist. He's like, what are you doing? This concoction doesn't work. Let's alter it. They've caught up to this concoction. Let's just find a new one. So, you know, I, you're right. We need somebody in his ear. And Kyle Shanahan would have been perfect. I want Mike McDaniels. Me personally, I want Mike McDaniels. I think Mike McDaniels is going to make a phenomenal, at least offensive coordinator. I, I don't know about head coach just yet, but um, it sounds like he's getting those interviews. But I'd love him as an offensive mind. I think he'd take this offense to a different level. Uh, I think he'd he'd be more of a it'd be more of a feature offense as opposed to a reactionary offense. And I feel like if when you have stars like the Coopers, like the Lambs, really hard to say. Well, I don't know what we call Zeke anymore. Maybe a fading star. These injuries probably going to be catching up to him. But you got explosive players, the Tony Pollards, man, and, and quality guys. I feel like you got to feature them so that defenses have to game plan to take that out as opposed to just taking out a play, right? If that makes sense. <clears throat> like like Jerry Jones said, Cooper should be taking X amount away over the field. Cooper should be taking X amount of bodies from the field. It felt like after a while they didn't need to do that because they knew Cooper was going to run these one, two, three routes <laughs> in this manner. It, it, this is the tendency. This is the trend. This is what they do. It's not complicated. Where you go look at Kyle's offense, it is a feature offense. By hook or crook, we're going to find the best ways to get these guys to rock. Watch the play. I told you I went back and watched this for whatever reason. I'm sitting here. We're in this shotgun run stuff. We didn't run a single pull. And I'm not talking about, I'm not, I'm going to say this. Zach Martin ran a trap. He ran one trap. It didn't work. We got like two or three yards. But we didn't run any of those sweeps out of the gun. We didn't get any really misdirection out of the gun. No 21 personnel out of the gun. And we said that needed to happen. And it just blows my mind how you could watch the film. I'm not even an offensive coordinator, right? I'm no guru. Just kind of, hey, this is what I see on tape. This is what works. This is what doesn't work. Why are you continuing to run what doesn't work? Especially against this team. So it's just kind of mind-boggling uh, the game plan we went into. Get a few more callers in here before we get out. Uh, a lot of, lots of new names I don't, or new numbers I don't know. We'll get to a few in a second. Uh, Glenn. What's up, Glenn? Hey, what's good, Sky? What's going on, man? So, uh, yeah, your 
you know, I, I did watch the, uh, you know, the Kurt Warner breakdown. And uh, I got to tell you, breakdown. the thing that came to mind, it, it, it was incredible. But the thing that was really embarrassing, uh, maybe not really embarrassing, but just revelatory, the Cowboys offensive scheme, and I agree with you, it's still that Air Coriel, which is the most long-developing mm-hmm. routes in all of football. And when you have a shaky offensive line, which I think when, when we spoke last time, I, I suggested that three out of the five needed to go, and I still maintain that. There's absolutely no I'll way. Sure. Well, well in, in, my, in my opinion, um, I, I think, I think uh, our left tackle is done. I think our center, we need to upgrade the center. And our left guard, Connor Williams, is done. Gotcha. Those three. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so if you're going to have that philosophy, you cannot be uh, – you can't have a shaky offensive line, and I think that was part of, part of our undoing. As far as um, what these games this past weekend kind of showed me is that if you don't have a top-notch quarterback – and when I say top-notch, I'm talking, you know, top three, right? I'm talking somewhere in there. Then your interior line play has to be great. Jimmy G is moving on because the interior line play was fantastic uh, on both sides of the football. Now, I think for the Cowboys, I think what we have to do, as presently constructed, I think our defense is right on track where we need it to be. We get Jabril Cox next year, uh, taking Van Der Esch's place. I think we're good to go. Maybe draft another linebacker. Maybe draft another uh, defensive uh either end or interior guy. Yeah. There's not as many questions defensively. The biggest question is who's calling it. Absolutely. But, but, but personnel-wise, Absolutely. I think you're on the right track. Absolutely. And re-sign Randy Gregor at all costs. I mean, I don't care what anybody says. That guy needs to say. And I would also re-sign D-Law. The one thing that this weekend told me about the offensive as far as uh, bubble players, I think for me this was, this was an indictment on Cooper. Uh, I love Amari Cooper, but he drives me bananas. And it's hard to I, it's hard to pin down who to blame. Do I blame the scheme, or do I blame him for not being more more de- more demanding of get me the football, you know, yeah. get me the ball? And I don't know if it's a lack of physicality, but sometimes I look at these receivers, and I'm like, they're all kind of like. They're a little, I don't want to say a little squishy, but they're just not, they're just all, a lack of toughness. Now I hear you're going. They're, they're, no they're all good guys. And, and I'm not saying they got to be bad guys, but I mean, they have that, that all shucks mentality on the field. Sometimes you just need a dog, right? Sometimes you need somebody to go shake up things in that huddle. Uh, in that, in that, and when I say shake up, I don't mean to divide the locker room. I mean, you get in here and you say, God dang it. I don't, this, get me the ball. I'm beating this dude. Look over here. Or you go to Kellen and say, listen, this is how they're playing me. I got this. Like, I don't see that. I feel like they're mostly guys that, ah, we get to the sideline, take off our helmets, and we just we just sit down. Um, there seemed to be a lack of emotion. I wasn't there at the game, but just from broadcast view, it seemed to be an extreme lack of emotion on that sideline during that game, and which was the exact opposite on the other sideline. You see how they came out to Gremlin, Super Gremlin. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so it's a question. It's really a catch twenty-two uh, regarding Cooper, whether you keep him or let him go. Because I don't like how the Cowboys look 
without Amari Cooper, it's even worse. Mm. Uh, but the problem, the real problem is that even if you try and sort of change up the scheme and say, hey, you know what, we're going to drop the, reduce this Air Coriel stuff and go with a lot more of these, I think you're looking for more slants. More shallow crossers. I'm looking for a more, more dig featured route. offense. Uh, not necessarily talking about a route sure. tree because Coop can run any route. I'm looking for a, an offensive coordinator that gets in here and the offense is centered around the Amari Coopers, the C.D. Lambs, the Tony Pollards type of thing. Well, here, here's the real problem with this is that you want to get the ball to these guys uh, in a shorter period of time from snap to completion probably within seven yards of the line of scrimmage, at least get the ball in their hands and let them actually run with the football, which is like a foreign concept to this team. The problem is, is that my, and it's a small criticism on Dak. I think you have to be more accurate with the football with a lot of these things that you're seeing these receivers do. Uh, and I, I, I think that the more you ask Dak to throw over the middle and sort of some shorter distances and tighter coverages, I think there's more of a propensity for him to throw it either behind the receiver, low, tip passes. I, I think that's a, that's sort of a, another catch-22. And so I think, look. I, I think, think he does well on slants. I, I don't, I don't, but, I, I think but, the but short think stuff is a, is a little more easier for quarterbacks to complete, including Dak. I mean, his completion percentage in regards to they're called tight window throws was among the best this year. Um, now we 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 dissect everything Dak does, so it's easier to see that when he does miss, um, it's a bigger complaint. Uh, but that's where scheme comes in. We're saying that we don't think that Dak could hit Amari Cooper one on one on a slant accurately. I, I don't know about that. Well. I, I think I think it's a question mark on a consistent basis, but but I'll, I'll hang up and I want to get your your opinion on on one last point that I really wanted to ask. If we let Kellen Moore walk or if he gets another job, which I'm actually good with, I would be absolutely okay with Mike saying to Mike McCarthy, you know what? I want you to call the plays. We're going to ride and die with you. You've got have. 30 years of football knowledge. You know the West Coast offense. You know what you want to do. You know when it's the right time to run versus pass. Here you go. Go after it. What What are your thoughts on that? It's not happening. <laughs> I mean, I I can talk about what I want to happen, and that's not one of the things I want to happen. I, I, I again, if they're going to allow, if we're going to get because you're talking about getting rid of Kellen, are you saying keep Kellen here and let Mike call the plays? What, what I'm saying is, I think it's a probably let's say a 51 percent chance. Kellen Moore gets a job. It's, it's probably not as high as we initially thought because I think he faded that, uh, towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But let's say Kellen walks. Instead of hiring another offensive coordinator or promoting someone, just allow Mike McCarthy to call the plays. I actually thought that that was part of the reason for him getting this job in the first place, apart from the politics. Well, it sounds like politics is why he got it. Uh, nah, I, I would want to look, look elsewhere. If it happened and Mike Randy offense, cool. I'm be honest with you. I have no idea what this offense will look like. Uh, according to him, he said it wouldn't change too much uh, because he doesn't want to to drastically change things. Uh, but but I would. There's so many offensive minds out there under these trees. I always talk about the Lafleurs, the McVeighs, um, the Shanahan's, things like that. QBAC type systems. I would love to get one of those systems in here and, and not keep the same thing. 
Um, I, so I would rather go outside the organization as opposed to Mike calling the plays. If he did, I mean, it is what it is, but I'm not going to act like I, I know what kind of offense he's going to run. Mike hasn't called plays since 2018, and, and he even admitted, I got stale back then. So we don't want that Mike McCarthy, right? We want a new and improved Mike McCarthy. And to me, it'd be going with the devil I know, which is a system that's been successful elsewhere as opposed to one that I don't. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, well, great show. I'll keep listening and uh, keep up the good work. Thanks, brother. Good stuff, Glenn. Yeah, if it happens, it happens. I, I, I just want to clean house offensively. I don't, I don't want any remnants of this Jason. I, I keep saying Jason Garrett because obviously, right, been there for a long time. But that's what we have. We have small extensions of that. No matter who the head coach is, you got Kellen here. You know, before it was before it was Kellen, it was Scott, Scott and Jason, same thing. And then it was, it was Scott and Kellen. Now it's Kellen and Doug. That's my because I think that's what will happen. I feel like if you get rid of Kel- if Kellen's gone and they don't want to go outside the organization, are we talking about a Doug Nussmeyer situation? Which how many of y'all will be excited for that? I, I don't know the scheme that Mike McCarthy would run now. I talk about the new era Mike McCarthy. It w- I wouldn't know, but I do know what Mike McDaniel's runs. I <laughs> I do know what Ken Dorsey runs. You know what I mean? Go get me a guy from one of the... Because I know if you get a guy like that in here, there are going to be real hardcore tangible changes. I know that for a fact because they don't run the same offense. If Mike stays and he's the caller, maybe he calls the game better, but I don't know what kind of system he's going to run. So I I can't say with confidence that it will be better or worse. All right, man, we're going to get two more in here. My guy, Mel, then I think Nacho. Uh, Mel, what's up, bro? Check, check, Mike, check. You know what? I, I didn't mute you. Unmute you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I don't, I, don't, I don't think y'all muted me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did unmute you, bro. My bad. I get it. Everybody talking about what they learned this weekend, what, what, what they saw this weekend, mm-hmm. and I get it. You got everybody went and saw Patrick Mahomes. Everybody went and saw Josh Allen, and that was the last game. That's the last thing on your mind. So everybody thinks that, see, if we had one of those guys, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But don't forget to yeah. look at the other side of what's going on. You have um, Matthew Stafford is in the NFC Championship. Before this weekend, he had never won a playoff game. So everybody wants to say what Dak's record is, Dak this, Dak that, Dak this, blah, blah, blah. The quarterback is one aspect of it, but the organizational direction, what direction is the organization headed in? That's what's been in these games. It's not just quarterback. Yes, that's a part of it. But San Fran with Jimmy G, who has not thrown a touchdown pass (laughs) in the playoffs at all. He has not thrown a touchdown. He's in the NFC Championship game. Stop telling me that needs to be accurate. Stop telling me this, that, and the third about Dak, Dak, Dak. Man, Dak is just one fraction of it. you got to have an organizational direction sure. to where everybody knows they're on the same page, and this is what we're doing. The 49ers even tried to replace Jimmy G and were like, well, you know what? 
at least he know what we're doing right now. Let's just keep rolling with that because we keep winning with that. It's not just about everybody wants to just sub out players, talk about Cooper, all this other stuff, man. Honestly, I'm not saying that that, that doesn't matter, but if you don't have a direction in, within the entire organization, none of this stuff going to matter. Like, we could bring in more coaches, but if the coaches and the organization is on two different pages, it don't matter. Like, they got to figure out this is where we're trying to go and this is how we're trying to do it. All of this changing coaches every two years, changing this guy every two years. Do we need better coaching? Hell, yeah, we do. Hell, yeah, we do. But we need the organization on board sure. with when we get better coaches that we're going to let them cook and we're going to let them do what we brought them in here to do. Like the last caller said, I do agree with him about Mike McCarthy and the calling plays or what have you. That ain't going to happen for one. It's, yeah. it's not going to happen. So that's a, that's a daydream. That's like people saying, trade Dak for Josh Allen. That's, just, that's a daydream. It's not going to happen. But if Mike, Mike should be at least have some direction in the offense, hey, this is what we want to do offensively. Because right now I don't even know what do we want to do offensively. That's why I said. What's, what, I asked this question weeks ago. I said, what is the Cowboys' identity? You don't have one. What is the identity? What is the identity? What are we trying to do? What are we trying to get accomplished? Like, I watched Jerry on there say, Zeke has the skill. Okay, that's cool. Are we trying to are we trying to be a power run team? Because that's what Zeke is. So if we're not if we're not trying to be a power run team, whatever skill Zeke has, it don't matter. Now, I disagree with what Jerry said. I'm not saying Zeke has no skill. But, you know, Zeke is a diminishing running back at this point, regardless of whatever people's emotions say. It is what it is. You can watch the game. I don't don't need to see the numbers. I can watch the game and see Zeke. Well, you know, it's it's a little tough because early on on in the season, he was running running well, but he was running still a power. Even when he was running well, it was still more of a power back the way he was. I I think at this point – no, I'm just saying, with regards to Zeke, I think at this point you have to utilize him in more of a tandem duo way. I would not put the whole entire, like how they did the first three or four years, I would never do that again with Zeke. I think we've seen over the last two years that caught up with him, and all you're going to do is wear him down. So Zeke can still be very efficient. He just needs to do so in, in a tandem manner, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. It can't be – It is. It's, it's what are we really trying to do? You know what I mean? It's just like, all right, if we're going to be a power run team, then, yeah, Zeke might be good for that. But if, if, if that's not really what we're trying to do, like even with Tennessee, yeah, I know they lost, but still they have an identity of what they're trying to do. They're trying to be a power run team. They need better quarterback play, but still they have what they're trying to do. Even in 2016, we knew what we was trying to do. At that time, we was a power run team, play action pass. That's what we was trying to do. We've transitioned into more of a pass happy team. But even with what we're trying to do with the pass, it's not really. It, it's, it's, it's just all it's over not the compli- place. It's, it's, the, the passing concepts of this team is so generic. There's nothing. There's yes. nothing creative about it. And Kellen, or um, so bad. what's his name, Kurt Warner. It's so bad. Kurt, Kurt Warner called it out finally. 
Um, and once teams get a hold of that, it, it becomes a lot easier to deal with. It doesn't matter how many weapons you got unless, you know, unless you're going to throw up, throw the ball up to Randy Moss. It, it really doesn't matter if you can't block it up front and, and allow for these deep routes to develop. But let me piggyback off of what Will said. Um, and then it kind of talks about what you said. Quinn brought a philosophy that the defense bought into. Does Kellen have a philosophy? Yes. Does do 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 I'm we think up. do we think that this offense has bought into Kellen Moore's philosophy? Because I said this a few weeks ago about Cooper. To me, it sounds like he's frustrated with the way this offense was was operating, and that was his polite, most nicest way possible <laughs> to say it in the um, in the media. I, I I don't know that we really even. I've even heard Dak sound a little. A little, sh- a little shady in regards to how things sound in his press conference. Um, Zeke, and Zeke always is a little bit, you know, Zeke when he talks. But he's a little bit different. Um, yeah, I, it, I wonder it, if it, it. Tony Pollard's quietness is is something. Who knows? You know, because I, I feel like he should have got the ball more. But I, I do think the way we believed everyone bought into Quinn, I can't say that with my chest out in regards to uh, Kellen Moore. I, I I can't say that. And, and, Scott, I think, as, you know, everybody running here talking about um, Jerry went off on Cooper. What are y'all listening to? He did not go off on Cooper. He was saying, I got a top dog here. Why why he not being used like these other top dogs? Hey, That's Sammy. all Jerry was saying. It ain't us that just don't agree with it. Cooper, Mark Cooper don't agree with that philosophy either, bro. You know, so yeah. when your players don't agree with, with what you're doing, forget what we say. Your players ain't bought into this thing. They got an issue with it. That's a problem. You, you got to adjust. Just because they you have a plan doesn't mean it's a good plan. When you get punched in the mouth, now you got a counter. That does. I mean, that's what we're saying about Kellen Moore's situation. It worked the first six weeks because no one knew what to do. Once they figured it out and Fangio said, y'all just playing them wrong. They're not doing anything it, crazy. It was a rap after You're just playing them it wrong. And they figured that out real fast and we had no counter. So, you know, if, if Kellen goes into every year doing this, it's, I, it's really hard for his offenses to have consistency throughout. What I admire about the Chiefs, the Chiefs, Chiefs got punched in the mouth early. They adapted, and look what they had. Yes. Uh, I'm going to say one more thing, then I'll, I'll jump off and let the next caller get on. Um, Kellen don't have – who who has Kellen learned under? Who's, who, who's given that. Kellen experience, man? I mean, if you look at the – like you just said, they bought into Dan – Dan is experienced in the league, but even Dan learned under somebody. He learned under Pete Carroll. And uh, as far as even Pete goes, Pete has failure early on, and he learned from those experiences. Kellen has no experience, no mentorship, no guidance. I was hoping that Mike would bring him that, but it seemed like Mike is kind of like, yeah, y'all got it. Let me just keep getting well, the check. I'm not saying that he is like that, but that's the feeling of it. Well, it, it, when Jerry, I mean, this again, we, we, we kind of joked about this before at the beginning of the year. It smelled very Jason Garrett, Wade Phillip-ish. And when, it, it, it almost is the same thing, really. Think about it. While we didn't go hire Kellen Moore first because he was already part of the staff, it was reported Kellen ain't going nowhere. McCarthy comes in. Kellen, yep. it was told Kellen staying almost similar to Wade Phillips. Hey, Wade, I know we hired you second. You're the head coach, but Jason's our guy here for the offense corner position. So it feels very Jason Garrett, Wade Phillips ish. So is is he collecting a check? Obviously, yeah. But what can he what can he really do? He don't got the balls. It seems like to tell Jerry. I told y'all, 
fire me. I'm, we need somebody in here. I don't care if it's office coordinator. I don't care if it's a head coach. I don't care. Somebody to say, all right, fire me. I'm going to do it my way. Fire me. Yep. Yep. And 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 if the and if and if you want success, let me do it my way. And if you don't want success, like you just said, fire me. Fire me. And maybe I don't know if that, maybe that's what DQ came in there and did because he sure came in there and uh, changed the culture of that defense, man. Well, but um, they don't care about the. I'll be real yeah. with you, they don't care about the defense. They, they truly don't. They don't. <laughs> Jerry, 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 they don't. Until they don't. <laughs> Until 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 Micah Parsons became the uh, ridiculous ultimate ultra mega star, I, I don't think Jerry Jones really much cared about that side of the ball in regards to selling jerseys, tickets, uh, getting fans in the seats, things like that. Because if they cared about that side of the ball, they they wouldn't have been playing around with it over the years. But I, I you know they found a guy, but he might be walking out this building. And that's that's kind of what I was saying even when I started the call, man. Organizational direction. Don't care about the defense. Like you just said, you know that. I know that. Everybody on this on this call on this uh on this show know that. They don't care about the defense like that. Micah turned into a star. They got I don't wanna say they got lucky with they got lucky with him falling to them, but Micah turned into a star and now they, they care about Micah. I don't know if they care as much about the defense overall, but they care about Micah because I can guarantee you in this offseason, we're not gonna see no no money put into it. We're gonna see the same thing. We're gonna see a bunch of more one year deals, guys that are, you know, uh had ACL tears at other places that we're gonna be trying to pick up off one year deals. He said um it. I mean Stephen Jones literally can he 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 set y'all up, he set Cowboys Nation up. He said, I'm telling y'all Right now, we're not going into free agency to spend money. That's just not his philosophy. <laughs> and listen, it's not gonna I'm not saying spend two hundred dollars, but if you two hundred million dollars, he's gonna spend two hundred, two hundred million dollars. But if you can find a guy that you think come in here and help make a difference and be an impact player, and it costs you a little bit more than your budget, I think you should look into it. And I don't think they do that. He has a number; it's gonna be set. He has a philosophy. This is what we do. We're going to get these injured guys on one-year deals. We're going to sign some veterans on one-year deals. We're going to plug little holes, and then we're going to draft, and then we're going to hope for the best. And, um, and it's, we're it's, going to hope for the best. You know, it, 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 can, it can work to an extent, but I think you're asking more than most teams do, most successful teams. So you're asking more from your coaching. You're asking more from a lot of mediocre players than most teams do. It's no coincidence, right, that – the three of the four teams, and he, I don't know about the Bengals. I haven't studied them enough. But three of the four teams in the postseason have made significant free agent slash trades. Trent Williams, significant trade to help them get over the hump. And D Ford over there with the Niners. The We know all the, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs over the years have made a ton of trades and signed big guys. Oh, they make moves all the time. They make moves all the time. A ton of them. And and then the Rams. And, and, and the, the Rams are the, the poster they, they boy. Level with They're the poster boy for it. But this isn't new. If you go look over the last decade, nine times out of ten, there may be something here or there, but nine times out of ten, there have been a, a, a significant move or two almost every year that these these consistent championship caliber teams um, have made. And J, J, Steven just doesn't believe in that. He says, nope, we're going to be cheap in free agency and we're going to draft. That's cool. That's cool. It'll keep you around, but will it get you over the hump? 
Yeah, I, I, okay. Let me get off here, man. I know other people want to call in, and, I, and I, we can talk today. Oh, no, nah, we bro, done with but, uh, it. We, we got to uh, call back in tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> great show, man. Great show. Um, you know, we'll see what happens in the future, man. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, see, I, I, I knew today was going to be more uh, more of a therapy session after yesterday. I knew it. That's why I was like, you know what? We're going to hold off on the series a little bit because I think yesterday – like I said at the top of the show, it showed there are so many ways to skin a cat almost like every year. And the Cowboys just haven't found that cat yet. I haven't found it. I have not found it at all. And I know we can blame referees. We can blame penalties. That, that comes down to a part of that cat and coaching, right? Discipline. I said this last week. I've got to pin that on the coach, period. Uh, yeah, the referees are going to be the referees. They suck. They're terrible. There's a lot of calls that don't make sense for the Cowboys, whatever. But if you go look at that Niners game, there were a lot of self-inflicted wounds penalty-wise that, that I, I can't just let them off the hook, right? And and like Jerry said, why are, why are we having to talk about addressing this in the offseason? It should have been addressed immediately during the year. But hey, man, I'll, I'll check out that email, B-Burr. I'll get to it, brother. Yeah, yeah, we're back in the offseason. You'll hear me bring it up a ton. This is just not what Steven does. Uh, this year, I may switch my free agency um, series a little bit. Usually, I like to bring in names I want. Last year, there was a ton of big names. going to cost you a little bit of money, but I thought they would help put this team over the top. Didn't even go close to any of these guys. Um, so, we'll get back into the lab. We'll maybe feature one high priority type of guy and then we'll get to more of the realistic names but most of it's going to be the names that you'll fall under the one-year deals fall under the five million dollar threshold three million dollar threshold things like that uh that we think can maybe help this team because we saw it it worked you know it worked a little bit curse came in played well uh hooker played well things like that the problem you run into though is now they're free agents now what do you do right now what do you do it hasn't worked forever but it it worked this year i still think you need to make one of those either major or quasi major type of moves to put you over the top or help you get to that point right be aggressive i'm a fan of less need super fan of less need and here's why i know other teams don't have the balls to do what he does Um, And he knows that. He knows, if I'm the only guy in the league doing this, it'll work out for me. And it'll work out every year. But we'll be in contention. And they have been. And he's been able to mirror his aggressive nature with his aggressive coach in Sean McVay. We can say whatever we want to say about Sean McVay. I think he's been a a phenomenal coach in this this league. Kyle Shanahan, another one. Andy Reid. These are things that haven't been consistently good here in Dallas, man. They haven't been. Oh, he said it was the Jerry. You know what? I did see that video. I did. I forgot to get back to you. Busy weekend. But I did see that video about, uh, I think you were saying Jerry Jones was talking about Bill Parcells and why he brought him in and things like that. And it had nothing really to do with football, Uh, which, again, goes to to basically what we've been saying for the last few weeks. You know, he's going to bring in guys that are not going to be confrontational, which is why I think you got to be a little bit sleazy to get in here. You got to finesse your way in here with Jerry and then flip it on his ass and say, fire me. We winning. What you going to do, fire me? Cool. I got I got my bow. I got my ring. That's what needs to be done. 
All right. Will say he can't draft. I mean, you can say he can't draft. He don't give a damn about the draft. That is clear. Les Snead don't care about the draft. He'll get enough out of it. He'll get the Cam Akers, you know what I mean, out of it, right? He'll get just enough. The Van Jeffersons, the Cooper Cups. Can't draft, but he got Cooper. You know, he'll he'll get just enough and say, I'm going to go get established guys. It works. His way works. I ask again, would you rather be them? Would you rather be Dallas? I'd rather be them. I'd rather be them. All right, Cowboys Nation. Um, going to jump back into the lab today to try to put together this uh, state of, no, not state of the unit, hindsight 2021 series. Likely starting tomorrow. I've been debating on which position to start with. I think it'll be the defensive ends. I think I'm going to go defensive ends. There's a couple decisions to be made there. Um, and some good play from some of the role players. So I think it's going to be defensive ends. Tune in tomorrow to find out in the next episode of Drag Ball Z. But no, seriously, um, state not state of the unit. Hindsight 2021 should begin tomorrow. And then as we're working through this, we'll start getting into the draft coverage. In between, we'll start sprinkling in the draft coverage and uh, start talking about the young bucks that the Cowboys should be eyeing um, for the future. All right. With that said, I'm going to go ahead and press this button. Great show. Great cause. Love the emotion. I get it. I get it, man. It's frustrating. It's going to be tough. But we'll get through it. Cowboys Nation. Y'all enjoy the rest of your Monday. Hopefully, we got a chance to start it off decently. A hell of a weekend of football. So, at least we got that. Y'all tune in later tonight. Mauricio Rodriguez will be on A to Z Sports Primetime. And tune in to A to Z Sports Dallas.com for all of your Cowboys needs. Be out of here. Peace. Shout out to Stevie Matt, the mod god. I want me some glory hope.